and down, you can turn your Bible to Matthew chapter number 6. And while you're turning there, I'm going to tell you a story about a couple farmers. So, first, the first one, um, this guy was in this art gallery. He kind of was a, I don't know if you'd say like an art connoisseur, but he stopped in by this art gallery and he was looking through the different paintings and he noticed a few by, he recognized the name as being a farmer, the, a local farmer there. And so he, the, the owner of the art gallery walked up to him and, and asked him if he needed any help. And he said, well, I was just looking at this art. I, I didn't realize he was a, an artist. And, and the art gallery owner said, well, yeah, he, he uh, had farmed his whole life and, and he, he always wanted to take up painting. So he started painting pictures and he's, he's actually a really good artist. And the, the owner of the gallery said, I expect that probably by the time he dies, his, his paintings are going to be worth quite a bit of money. And I, I expect they'll probably over double in price and value after he's dead. And uh, the guy that was in there looking at the art, he said, wow, is that the case? Well, I'd like to buy everything that you've got from him. And uh, the owner of the gallery said, wow, well, that's amazing. Why, why do you want to do that? And the guy said, well, I'm, I'm his doctor. So, <laughs> so anyways, and then uh, another farmer, uh, his mother-in-law was visiting for the summer. And the mother-in-law and his mule kind of got into a little bit of an argument. And the mule just reared up and kicked her in the head and, and killed her. And so... While, well, they had the funeral, and, and he was standing there, and as everybody's walking through the line, he was shaking their hands, and the pastor was watching, and he noticed that every time uh, a local man would walk by this man, um, he would lean out, he'd shake his hand, and, and then the, the man would lean over and say something in his ear, and this farmer would just, just shake his head, uh, just real adamantly shake his head no. And so the pastor finally, after everything was all done, he said, I, I just got to ask you this question. Why is it that, that uh, all these men were leaning over and whispering to you and then you just shake your head no? And he said, well, they, they were all asking if I wanted to sell the mule. And I said, no, there's no way. <laughs> so anyways, I guess I can tell those kind of stories because I'm not married. So, <laughs> All right. Matthew chapter number 6, and Matthew 6, and we're going to look this, this evening at prayer, and so, and I'm not going to be too long, hopefully, but I just want us to look at, at this, and this is a passage of scripture that probably some of you in here could just about quote from memory, I'd imagine, we've all heard the Lord's Prayer, and that's not where we're going to start, but we're going to start here in the, the first part where Jesus is talking about prayer and telling his disciples how to pray. And so let's start in verse number 5, and then we'll read through verse number 13, and then we'll have a word of prayer. So it says here, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, 
and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner therefore pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Let's pray now. Lord, we come to you, and we ask that you would speak through us um, through your word. And I know that uh, even as I was reading this, I, I realized that I come far short of of what I ought to be in my own personal prayer life. And I pray that you'd encourage us through this on how to pray and what to pray for and even how to trust you um, greater. And I just uh, ask that you'd encourage us this evening and give me the words to say in your name we ask. Amen. All right. So as we look at this, Jesus is giving his disciples these instructions and just kind of kind of a He's not saying you have to say these exact words. In fact, when you read this, um, he, he tells them right before he goes through the Lord's Prayer, what we know as the Lord's Prayer, he tells them, don't be like the heathen that use vain repetitions. And so he's not saying this prayer as something that they're just supposed to repeat over and over thoughtlessly, mindlessly, not even thinking about what they're actually saying. And I know it's easy for us to do that if if you ever... Uh, have noticed, and I don't know if, if you've ever done this, but I know I've like been asked to pray for something before, and then I go into this prayer and start thanking God for the food, and it's like, well, I, I'm not thinking about what I'm praying, and just, I, thankfully, I never did that when I was up to pray for the offering, but, but I've almost done it, so, <laughs> but he's telling us, though, when we're, we're praying, really, we need to be thinking about what we're praying about and, and the words that are coming out of our mouth. Because if we're not, it's, I guess it's not really a real prayer from the heart. Real prayer is us communicating with God, not just saying words out of repetition or, or just out of habit or duty. It's supposed to be real, genuine communication with the Lord and um, realizing who we're talking to. And I, I mean, I know that it's easy to sometimes, if especially somebody that we know well, maybe they'll be talking to us and we just kind of are spacing out what they're saying to us as they're talking. And has, has anybody ever done that before? I mean, I, I know I have. Um, somebody will be talking and it's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh, what did you say? And, and uh, anyways, our, our prayer to God is supposed to be genuine communication with him. And he gives us here, um, if you look actually again in verse number 9, he says, after this manner, therefore pray ye. And so he's saying kind of in this, in this manner, or this is kind of the, some of the things that we should include in the prayer. And as we look at this, um, first off, he says, our Father, which art in heaven. And so I believe, I mean, if you're going to call somebody Father, that means you're close to him, doesn't it? It's a term of endearment whenever you call someone father. And God truly is our father if we're a born-again believer. 
He's our Father, and we can have that close relationship with Him. Um, just like Paul had mentioned, I think in First Corinthians, he he talks about how we uh, we say Abba, Father, and the Abba is the meaning for Daddy. And I think they still use that a lot of times in the Middle East. They they'll call their dad Abba, and it's a term of endearment, a term of of familial relation, a term of loving someone. And when we call God our Father, it's a recognition that that we love Him and He loves us. And that's that's actually a pretty amazing start to it because we have a Father that loves us. We have a a God that is not just some far-off deity up in the sky someplace that really has no care or concern for his creation. But no, he's our father that wants to know us and wants to have personal interaction and a relationship with us. And that's illustrated, if you think about probably the most famous verse in the world, uh, what would you say it is? John 3.16, I'd say. And it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And he says, God so loved the world. That, that demonstrates and illustrates the love that he has for us and that we can accept because it's there for the taking for every single one. And so he starts the prayer off. Our Father, which art in heaven, and then it's, that's, recognizing his position because he's he's not just our father that's that's not really i mean that maybe is our provider but but not all powerful or anything no he's our father that's in heaven and so that that shows his powerfulness that's how great of a god he is i mean he's an awesome god he's the creator of of everything and he's he's omnipotent he's omniscient He's all-powerful, all-knowing. And so he says there, Our Father, which art in heaven. And then he goes on. He says, Hallowed be thy name. So that's, hallowed means, um, it's it's a term of praise. He's saying, holy, you're, you're an awesome God. And so our prayer should also include, for one, realizing that we have a heavenly Father that loves us and cares about us, that's all-powerful. But then we should also include praise in our prayer. We should praise God, and, and as we bring our prayers to him, bring praise to him. A lot of times I find it's easy to get down on my knees and say, God, would you please give me this and give me that and give me all this and, and help me with this sickness and help that person with that sickness, and, and that's all fine and good. It's good to pray for needs, but at the same time, we many times forget that we're coming to God, who's an awesome God, and we come to him more as like we're wanting to rub a genie in a bottle rather than actually coming to him, realizing and recognizing who he is. He's, yeah, he's capable of answering prayers and needs, but he's a lot more valuable than just that. He's worthy of our praise. And so he says, hallowed be thy name. And then he says, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So here he's he's asking God. He says, "I want to see you. I wanna I want to see your will done in this earth. I want to see your kingdom come to this earth." And that's that I think is just kind of if you think about it. Many times we get wrapped up in this world and all the cares of this world and what is going on in the here and now, and we're kind of stuck inside our little bubble. 
and we're not really living for the kingdom of God. We're not really living for his ultimate glory. We're living for just our own benefit or our own um, needs or just what we have going on. And it's easy to get wrapped up in just the here and now. It really is. I mean, I find that that every day uh, we we have to kind of reset our mind because it's easy just to focus on all the things we have to do and and the, the list of goals that that we have to achieve or the list of all the all the just items that we have to get done and many times we're behind before we even start the day but here we're as we come to God in prayer like this we're resetting ourselves and resetting our focus not on our own agenda or what we have going on but setting our focus on his kingdom and his ultimate purpose so he says thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven and so he's he's praying again there thy will be done not my will be done and a lot of times we all have a personal will or things that we want him to answer for us and that's fine there's it is a blessing when we see god answer prayers it's an encouragement for us and and that's good because he actually he wants to answer prayers i believe but they need to be aligned with his will not not just with our own will so he says thy kingdom come thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven we know his will is done in heaven but we need to be praying for his will to be done in earth as well and um, then to continue on he says give us this day our daily bread and so now we see that we do come to god for our needs but i would say that you see that's a little further down the list so it's not the prime the primary reason that we even come to god but we still can come to God for our needs. And he tells us to. And that's that's a blessing in itself because he he does want to answer those needs that we have. And and I think about in Hebrews chapter four, verse sixteen, he tells us to come boldly before his throne that we may find mercy and, and grace to help in our time of need. And so he wants to answer our needs and he wants to supply our daily needs, our our like he says there, give us this day our daily bread. And so it's a it's a position of even asking for our needs, but also trusting the Lord for those needs day by day. Because it's a daily bread, not not give give me today what I need for the next ten years to survive, but he's he's saying, Give us this day our daily bread. And we need daily bread. Um, if you think about it, we need daily spiritual bread. We need daily physical bread. We need we need that daily bread for the Lord to give to us to to sustain us both spiritually and physically, mentally. We need that from the Lord. And then to continue on, he says here um, in verse 12, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And so as we come to the Lord, we should also be coming with the with a heart of confession really, and realizing who we actually are, because we all need forgiving, don't we? Um, I mean, if if it wasn't for God's goodness and his grace, what would we be? But we all need forgiveness, but he also says, even though we're coming asking for forgiveness, we need to be willing to extend that forgiveness out to others that have wronged us, um, realizing that we've wronged other people as well, and that that God is the one that we've really wronged the greatest, and he's willing to forgive us, but we need to be willing to forgive others. 
And then he says here in verse 13, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And so now he's he's asking for strength to endure temptation. Don't lead us through temptation, but deliver us from evil. We all need strength to to be able to overcome temptation. Because I don't know about you, but I face temptation all the time. I think most people do. We we face temptation, and the devil always knows what to tempt us with, doesn't he? I mean, he's not going to tempt somebody that's that's uh, maybe power hungry with something that they're not tempted with. He's not going to tempt them with maybe alcohol, and he's not going to he's not going to tempt. He, he knows exactly what our weak area is, and that's what he's going to put in our path to try to get us to cave. And so we need to pray for and rely on God's strength day by day to get us through and to help us to overcome those temptations. Um, so just to, to wrap this part up, he says there in uh, verse, verse uh, 13, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Notice that he wraps it up with praise again as we bring our prayers to God. He starts it with praise, and he ends it with praise. And I believe that's, a, that's a, an important thing for us to take note of and to realize who we're coming to. We're coming to a great God that is, I mean, he's awesome when you think about it. If we really get him in perspective, he's an awesome God. He's all-knowing. He sees everything. And he sees everything from a point of view that we can't see it. Um, I... Probably most of you know that me and Benjamin, we fly paramotors. And part of why I like flying those things is you get a get up, you get a, up there from a different point of view, and you see everything from a totally different perspective. And it, to be honest, it since I've been doing that, it makes me really appreciate God's creation more. Because just the other day we were we were flying through these these mountains back in the foothills, just back here, and there's there's some really cool rock formations back in there and we just like flying in between them and and it was just so awesome seeing things from that perspective and every time I get up there I think I wonder if this is kind of how it is for God he he uh he sees everything from a bird's eye point of view and I I just think it's really cool to be able to to experience his creation like that and to to be able to appreciate how great of a God he is from that perspective. And, and so I guess I'll just put a plug in there. If anybody else wants to learn how to do it, we're looking for more people to fly with us. So, <laughs> but, but it is really awesome. And like I said, it's, it makes me appreciate God's creation a, a lot more just to see what a wonderful and awesome God he is. And you, you look at all of creation that he's made and it makes you realize what a powerful God he is that he spoke that into being and just he spoke the word and it just popped out he didn't have to go and like build it or anything like that put screws into anything he just spoke it and it was all there and so i mean i like to tinker on stuff but whenever i'm building something it takes me a while to do it and yet him he just had i mean he's so powerful he spoke he spoke the word and it happened and so he's he's so far above us that I mean, we ought to give him our praise. He, he's, he's an awesome God. Um, 
And, you know, there was, I don't know if this really relates, but there was a, something that happened just a couple weeks back that I, I uh, thought it was just an encouragement to me. And, and I was, uh, what the deal was, I was working on a piece of equipment and we were having a, a hard time getting the thing running and figuring it out. So I found this tool that, that we needed to work on it. And I got on eBay because I, I try to find good deals on eBay and stuff. So got on eBay, I found this tool and, and checked with the guy that was selling it. And he said he kind of gave me some support and stuff and helped me to learn how to use it. So I ordered it and it comes in and, and I called him up and, and he kind of guided me through stuff. And so anyways, we were able to get everything going and working again. And so I thanked him for, for uh, the help and all that. And he, he uh, texted me back a couple of days later and he said, hey man, do you by chance know Luke McMath? And I said, well, how on earth does this guy off of eBay know my brother? And so anyways, I said, well, yeah, he's my brother. And uh, I said, do you know him? He said, yeah, actually, he, uh, he's married to my pastor's daughter. And I thought, man, what on earth? How, how does something like that happen? And I thought, you know, that's such a coincidence that God had to kind of put that together and work that out. And if for nothing else, it was just kind of an encouragement to me that God is in control. And even in times whenever we think things are kind of falling apart, because I was kind of discouraged about this, this piece of equipment I'd been working on and thinking, man, did we get ourselves into a mess or are we doing the right thing here? And, and yet God let that happen. And, and it was an encouragement to me that, you know, no matter what's going on, sometimes we can think God's not really paying attention, but he's always there and he knows exactly what is taking place. And so anyways, I'm just going to wrap up with that tonight, but I want us to remember as we come to God, let's make our prayers count. Let's make them from the heart, genuine, not just words that are just like rote words that come out of our mouth with no real meaning from our heart, not just a repetitive prayer. I mean, praying this, the Lord's Prayer, um, just praying it, that's fine if we mean it, but we're not supposed to just pray it as a vain repetition like he says here. And I, I think there's a lot of good principles in it that as you look at it, like to offer the praise to God and realizing who he is and his power and, and awesomeness and, and just uh, praying for our daily needs, that's, that's good. But let's make that come from our heart because he is a good God. He's a big God and he does answer prayers. But really, when it comes down to it, it's not about us even getting our prayer answered, it's more about him getting glory out of it. And so our prayers, when we bring them to God, they should be for his glory. And I got a whole bunch of other verses written down here, but I'm not going to get into all that tonight. But as we pray, let's just make those prayers come from our heart and mean them and offer God the praise that he deserves. I'm going to end with that. Let's pray now. Lord God, we come to